Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 7, titled, Of Human Action. Uh, yet another excellent, excellent episode uh, that does some really, really amazing stuff. So, of course, the hook of this episode is that we have a couple guys who have kidnapped the child, the child of a massive dynamic employee, and they appear to have the ability of mind control. And we get some really cool sequences of these dudes showing up and having the kid with them and these people being under mind control. People being forced to do things they don't want to do. You have the scene with the cops uh, where they're being forced to kill themselves and each other. The scene in the convenience store with the guy who pours coffee on his head and runs into a refrigerator door on uh, the guy who puts the key in an electrical socket. Like, it, it, it's so good. It's so well done. By the way, this kid, played by a young Cameron Monaghan, it always distracts me because this kid is named Tyler. The character's name is Tyler. And at that age, Cameron Monaghan looks almost exactly like someone I knew in my youth who is also named Tyler. So it's just so distracting to me to watch this kid Tyler, to watch this kid Tyler who looks like a kid I knew personally named Tyler go around and get in these mind control shenanigans. It's so weird. But anyway, uh, we're working with Massive Dynamic to get this kid back. Uh, Walter goes to the Massive Dynamic headquarters for the first time and is just in complete awe of everything. We have this great subplot where he's feeling sort of resentment for William Bell for starting this company while he was in a mental institution. Because, again, they shared a lab. Uh, and it's really, really great. To see Walter have his, like, first moments at Massive Dynamic is really, really fantastic and really, really well done. Uh, but we go into this, and Walter has the theory that this is auditory in nature. That there's a sound element to this mind control. And so he gets a white noise teddy bear <laughs> and sets the FBI up with these this headphone rig where they can communicate without uh, any noise going through their headsets aside from people talking on microphones and all of that. And it's a really, really clever sequence. Uh, kidnappers call in and demand like $2 million in ransom. And we get that handoff. It's a very, very tense moment. There's some fantastic sound work here. 
where you have, like, basically everything is, sound is ripped away from the room, and you just hear the white noise. You just hear the... Like, that just that... It's like that the absence of sound in this sequence is so cleverly handled. Uh, while this big epic chase is going around uh, with these kidnappers, you get this big, like, car crash sequence, and it's like there's no sound until Olivia's headphones get knocked off, and suddenly, like, you hear everything, and then the headphones go back on, and the, the, it goes back to no sound again. It's a really great moment. Walter's uh, walking around, clutching his teddy bear. <laughs> Uh, it's, it, it's a really, really great moment. Capping off with the reveal that, um, the kidnappers are not the kidnappers. The kidnappers were the hostages. And Tyler, the hostage, was the real kidnapper. He kidnapped himself. He controlled two nobodies and forced them to kidnap him. Just to go on this big spree. And he's the one that's been killing people. He's the one that's been controlling people's minds. Like all because of some beef that is going on with his dad. And we find out later it's because uh, his father lied to him about his mother being dead. The mother was apparently like a big drug addict. And sort of left him. And the dad thought it was best to say that... His mother died in a car wreck, but that wasn't true. And now Tyler, like, resents him and wants to be with his mother. And so he's gotten into this, like, warped thing of, like, I now mind control and take myself hostage and go all across the country to find my mother. Like, and it's just so effed up and brilliant and once this twist happens by the way everything takes on this new meaning it's one of those twists that like when it happens everything that has occurred from that uh, before that moment leading up to that moment sort of takes on a new meaning and is recontextualized in a way that makes perfect sense uh choices in performances and the two people playing the quote-unquote kidnappers uh you notice certain nuances in those performances, but which, by the way, those kidnappers have a Penn and Teller vibe to them, right? I'm not crazy. Like, they definitely, they're not Penn and Teller, I don't think. I'm pretty sure. Now I'm really afraid that I'm just an idiot and didn't notice that they stunt cast Penn and Teller. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they didn't. But who knows? They have a very Penn and Teller vibe to them. Can you tell I don't watch a lot of Penn and Teller? I just know that they're individuals and I know generally what they look like. <laughs> they they're probably I need to I need to know this. I need to have this uh this knowledge in my head. Okay, it's it's not. It's not Penn and Teller. Phew. I almost made myself look like a fool. But like see it kind of makes sense that you'd be confused about that. Because they do have a very Penn and Teller vibe to them. Penn and Teller kidnapped this kid. 
<laughs> Penn and Teller kidnapped a child this episode. <laughs> Except not really. Penn and Teller got mind controlled into kidnapping a child. That's the description for this episode. Penn and Teller got mind controlled into kidnapping a child. That's absolutely what I'm putting down. 100%. <laughs> but anyway, this kid kidnaps Peter. When he goes off on his own. And now Peter is this kid's hostage. And is driving him around and driving him towards his mother. And it's at this moment we look closer at what the hell's happening in this dude's home. And we find out exactly where the mind control came from. Basically, it was this weird cocktail of some experimental drugs that this massive dynamic employee was working on and brought home for further research and... The kid got into him. There was that. uh, Hormones. With puberty. That kicked in. And ADD medication. Those combined. Sort of made this. Perfect. Mind control. Cocktail. And so now he has to account for that. By the way, watching Walter in complete and utter agony over Peter being kidnapped is so heartbreaking and handled so well. And John Noble, as always, gives like just a god tier performance. And how did this guy never get an Emmy for playing Walter Bishop? Like, it's extraordinary. He does an incredible, incredible job here. And I love the moment where, like, Olivia and Nina, shockingly enough, have to sort of comfort him and guide him to actually doing something to block Tyler's mind control abilities. And what he comes up with is basically this EMF scrambler. Uh, Apparently, in this dude's trials with the drugs he was making... He noticed that the subjects were particularly susceptible to electromagnetic fields. Were particularly responsive to electromagnetic fields. So, Walter scrambles that, and basically the idea here is that just one burst of the EMF deal would scramble him up long enough for... uh. FBI to arrest him, for Peter to get away, for something to happen in those precious few seconds. Speaking of Peter needing to get away, every moment with Peter and the kid, with Tyler, uh, every moment with the two of them is perfect. Every moment with the two of them is brilliantly done. Uh, Watching Peter just brutally rip into Tyler and saying, like, you don't have a plan. Oh, why are you doing this? Because daddy doesn't pay attention to you all that much. Just ripping into him and trying to get him to stop. Trying to get him to see how absurd everything he's doing is. Uh, there's that moment where uh, Peter is forced to pull a gun on a cop. Uh, and eventually they compromise on pistol whipping him. Uh, there's that moment in the strip club where Tyler... 
forces him to pick up the knife and almost stab his leg. Like, just so many great moments with uh, Tyler and Peter that are so, so brilliant and amazing. But all of it converges on the mother's house. Tyler shows up with Peter, talks to the mother, and is like, Hey, I, uh, I'm i here now. Dad tried to keep us apart, but I'm finally here and we can be together. We can go anywhere. And the mother's like, No, that, that okay, what you're saying is not what happened at all. And then this woman's husband walks in. And the dude just stares him down and is like, no, hate immediately. He just sees this random guy who hasn't even done anything to him. He's just there for like two seconds as like a thing keeping him separate, separated from his mother. And then he basically makes Peter take this guy hostage. At about this moment is when FBI show up. There's the amazing moment when Broyles shows up, tases the kid, and... Peter is forced to shoot Broyles in the arm, which apparently we find out later, Kid wanted to have Broyles shot in the head. And Peter just was able to pull it off center a bit by, like, resisting very, very hard. So, Broyles came very close to death. We almost lost Broyles. And that would have been horrible. That would have been the worst timeline. Uh, but I'm glad Peter was able to pull off center a bit. And then Kid and Peter run away. Olivia and Walter and Astrid are going after him. We get this big car chase. Walter starts up the MF Scrambler. Uh, Tyler just goes gammy. Just uh, goes unconscious. And... Peter is able to swerve into a telephone pole and, like, crash the car and just immobilize him. And so, Peter is rescued. This kid is unconscious, sedated, probably has a concussion, and being carted off to be dealt with. Eventually, the drugs leave his system. So, he can't mind control anymore. And everything's great! And then we get this ending. Which, oh my god, this freaking ending. Holy shit. Um, um, okay, let, let me talk you through this ending. So, in this ending, Nina Sharp is sending a message to William Bell. Giving him an update on the Penrose-Carson experiments. Now... Let me break down just the name Penrose Carson. Carson, of course, is the name of the doctor whose son initially went wild. So Carson is a very specific name for this episode. But Penrose, that is a deep cut. All the way back to episode two of the first season. Penrose, remember, is the guy responsible for... The rapid aging, growing humans in test tubes experiments that resulted in that one killer who got that woman pregnant in like five seconds. So that's a deep cut all the way there. So 
Penrose Carson. At some point, Penrose worked with Massive Dynamic, and at some point, he got the ball rolling with Carson on those experiments. And that relates to this in a big way. And then, Nina goes on and says, One of the Tylers... Wait, what? Did, in fact, display signs of mind control. Wait, what? You were right. It's possible under the right circumstances. But before we were able to find out about his ability, uh, there were unforeseen circumstances, and he went on a rampage in a misguided attempt to locate his surrogate mother. Wait, what? And we see this Carson dude looking through these files and seeing, like, Tyler 5, uh, Guardian such-and-such doctor, Tyler 4, Guardian such-and-such doctor, Tyler 3, Guardian Dr. Carson. And Nina goes on to, like, yeah, uh, because of all these unforeseen circumstances, we are shutting down the experiment. And then we have the still-unconscious Tyler being carted into a room, to this locked room full of, like, a bunch of other unconscious Tylers. And the door is closed behind him, and... Um... What? (laughs) So, so much to unpack here. First off... So... This mind-control cocktail that we were led to believe was on accident... Might have actually been on purpose. Instead of accidentally exposing the kid to those, uh... To those chemicals. To exposing them to the experimental drugs. Maybe, uh... Maybe he pushed the two together a little bit. Maybe Carson uh, intentionally put those drugs out for that dude to... Uh, for that kid to... Pick up. Maybe he intentionally tried to start a... Mind control cocktail. Also, um, this kid is one of like a bunch, uh, was grown in a test tube, quite possibly like a clone. Uh, there's that. And by the way, we saw in that last shot of episode two, there were a bunch of other like duplicates of that rapid aging guy who was the antagonist of that episode. So, we know Penrose was all up in the growing humans in test tubes and was all up in the the possible cloning business. So we knew about that. And then, like, surrogate mother. So... One can only assume that what this was was less of a intimate relationship between two people and more of a, hey, lady, could you give us, like, some of your, some of your reproductive bits, some of your eggs? Could you donate, like, some eggs to science so we can grow test tube babies? And she was like, yeah, sure. 
And so this was more of like a experimental deal. Notice how she never gave her side of the story at any point during Tyler's confrontation with her. Notice how that didn't happen. But, like, we don't know. We don't know what the real circumstances of Tyler's parentage is. Carson very clearly gave a fake story to Fringe Division of what was the deal with Tyler's parentage. Like, very obviously. So, it's just like, there's so much here. There's so much here. And this is what I love about Fringe. This is what I love about Fringe. So much. They do such a good job of creating these open-ended stories and leaving everything up to interpretation. Just on this one filler episode, I could probably spend like an hour giving alternative theories to what the deal was with the Tylers and all of these mind control experiments. Like, I could spend an hour just creating a corkboard, Pepe Silva style, uh, that's the one Always Sunny reference I will ever make. Uh, <laughs> because that show's overrated. Uh, but, like, I could... I could spend, like, an hour. I could spend, like, five years just trying to decipher, well, okay, well, if this is, is that, then what does this mean? And, like, what, how did things happen? And, like, what's going on within Massive Dynamic with this Tyler experiment? With the Par- Penrose-Carson experiments? Like, just... I, I could spend so much time giving the theories on it. Like, Fringe is so good at creating these open-ended stories and doing them in such a smart and clever way. At no point does it feel in your face. Like, oh, look, we will never, we will never give you the answers. You don't know. You don't know what the deal is here. It's never, like, in your face about it. It's just, like, casually, like, oh, by the way, also this. Go nuts. Like, it's just... Oh, it's so good. It's so good at leaving these little hints, at leaving these little Easter eggs, at leaving these unanswered questions, and just saying, yeah, do whatever. <laughs> like, we're unless it becomes important to the story, we're not going to really bother to <laughs> answer the questions, because it doesn't really feel important enough to us. We're just going to answer the questions that are important to the narrative. Like, it's just, oh, it's... This show's so good. I love Fringe. I love Fringe so much, and I love this quality of Fringe. God damn this show. So yeah, solid episode all around, to say the least. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as you go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just to push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash ThomasClark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything you get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow, we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 8. Talk to you then.